welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs show featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. From the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. And welcome to Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Jeff Poling. And I'm Ryan Shaddy. We hope you may either be tuning in for the first time or are adjusting to our new time slot here on WFHB and hope that you enjoy listening to us over the course of the next hour. On tonight's show, we will have our next installment of Trans Spotlight, our featured music and your LGBTQ plus area event calendar. We will have two guests this evening. Our first is Blooming Out's newest volunteer, Colin Schasberger. And later in tonight's show, we will have Cindy Stone from IU's GLBT Alumni Association with us, speaking about this month's upcoming events. As we just mentioned, uh, we are happy to have a new member of our Blooming Out team uh, that we want to introduce to you all this evening. We're excited to have Colin Schasberger joining us on the show. Uh, Colin is a sophomore at Indiana University, double majoring in journalism and psychology, and you will likely be hearing Colin here on the show rather than my voice on most Thursday uh, evenings, but he will be accomplishing other projects for us as well. Colin, welcome to Blooming Out. As I said, we are so happy to have you. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here, too. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Colin. What are your interests? What do you uh, enjoy doing? Uh, tell us a little bit about your studies. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm a sophomore at IU. Um, and like you said, I'm studying psychology and journalism with a concentration in public relations. Um, I guess right now I'm just trying to enjoy school while I'm here and really kind of take advantage of all the things in Bloomington that I love because... You know, even though I'm a sophomore, I feel like I'm running out of time a little bit. Sure. Yeah, and um, you're a lifelong, pretty much almost a lifelong Bloomingtonian, correct? Right, yeah, I moved here in third grade and have been yeah. here ever since. So, yeah, that's that's pretty close to lifelong. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say. Um, what brought you to Blooming Out, really? Um, well, I was working on my final journalism project um, for my reporting and writing class um, in the previous semester, um, and I was working on a piece about... Um, the LGBT, LGBT community and their fear um, surrounding Donald Trump's election. Mm -hmm. um, and as I was working on that, um, I found Blooming Out, um, interviewed you for my assignment, and then um, here I am. Then he started interviewing you. Right. It switched. <laughs> yes, Tables the turned. roles were switched. Here. Right. Uh, Colin, what do you hope to accomplish? What are you thinking about uh, doing what would you like to see us do here at Blooming Out? Maybe something that we can do better. We're always looking to improve. So um, I think one thing is reaching out to campus on campus. Um, I think you'd be surprised how many people don't know that this is here, and there are a lot of LGBTQ uh, students on campus that we can reach out to and really make the show heard. Awesome. That's great. I like the sound of that. I agree completely. What do you think you bring to the table? Uh, you're definitely, I, I think you've got a pretty good radio voice. So, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what, what skills and, and uh, uh, things do you think that you can bring uh, to our, our staff here? Um, well, I would say journalism experience. Um, and in that last class, doing a lot of reporting and a lot of interviewing. Um, so talking to people and interviewing people is something that I enjoy to do. I would say also, um, you know, 
learning public relations at IU, that's social media management, that's dealing with the press, that's trying to grow a following, you know, and really looking at your audience and trying to form a connection with them. And so that's also something that I'd like to do while I'm here too. I think you can accomplish a lot of those things here. Yeah, the interviewing is is a wonderful thing because there are so many different activities and features and festivals and events that we have gone to or some that we haven't been able to attend and we really um, would like to be able to hit as many of those as possible and talk to the people that are you know spearheading and and um, making a difference with those events so I think that'll be great yeah me too Colin what what other interests do you have what do you enjoy doing outside of your time at school and work and all of those other fun do, things? do you have time that's the um, question. you know right. that's I question. currently right now I don't really have a lot of time um, I'm kind of just in work mode right now and I really do enjoy to be busy and I really do enjoy to not only work but also to just learn you know, I think this is one of the first times in my life where I've found a passion that I can really pursue and just kind of diving into all the opportunities that I have to, at IU. That's honestly what I like to do right now. Certainly. When you uh, came to IU, uh, what did you find? Was there anything that you found really surprising uh, about the culture or the campus community or anything like that? Um, I think for me, the weird thing was I've been in Bloomington for so long that I feel like I have my own established Bloomington Mm -hmm. life, you know, and moving onto campus and it's a completely different world. And, you know, freshman year, you know, it's almost like I was living in two different worlds. You know, my Bloomington Mm -hmm. world and my, you know, Indiana University world were two separate things. And it was hard to kind of balance that. You know, my jobs were in Bloomington and I had a lot of friends in Bloomington, too. Um, who weren't affiliated with the campus, Um, but then also taking classes on campus, living in a residence hall freshman year on campus, um, and meeting friends there. It was really hard to kind of balance that and figure that out. Uh, What type of of things do you have in store for when you graduate from IU? First off, let's just say that Hopefully, Colin sticks around with us for two two years or so. Well, I wouldn't. That's that's the plan. If not more, Uh, but afterwards what what's uh what's in store for you do you think you know i'm not sure Mm -hmm. but i'm not afraid of that you know right now i think that we kind of make a mistake sometimes in thinking of our degree you know and what our major is and and that's what we're going to do you know and i and i think that that's great and a lot of times that's true but i think instead we forget that we're at you know we're at college to learn skills you know and to try to grab as many different skills as i can you know, that's why I'm here. You know, I want some broadcast experience and some more journalism experience. Um, any kind of skills that I can pick up while I'm here and that I can hone, um, I want to find something that I can use those for. Hopefully that would be something in journalism, which is something that I'm becoming more passionate about. Go off your interest for journalism. Sure. Where did it come from? What uh, What is in evolving that yeah. interest in in your journalism that you know and it's strange um because i wasn't i was not involved in newspaper or yearbook um, when i was in high school so i'd never really touched journalism before until the beginning of my sophomore year freshman year i was in arts management that was my major and that's what i thought that i wanted to do mm-hmm. and um i ended up kind of feeling lost and confused i didn't really feel like I was gaining those skills that I wanted. And 
over the summer, you know, I knew that there was the new media school and I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll check this out. And so I looked um, and I found public relations, um, you know, and kind of looking at that and that it's, you know, social media, it's interacting with people and that's through the journalism major and it's a concentration in public relations. And so I actually got into journalism through public relations and I started that at the beginning of last semester. Um, and then in that reporting class, realizing that journalism is really just talking to people. It's writing, but it's more of learning how to talk to people, learning how to ask questions and, and get answers. It's also gathering information and things that are useful and have changed my life already. But I would say also with everything that's kind of going on now, you know, and the challenges that we face. And, you know, I feel like the media is its own institution, you know, and it kind of keeps the government and corporations in check. And its job is to inform the public and how that's kind of at stake right now. You're definitely living in a very interesting time to be going into these fields. And maybe your psychology major can uh, influence <laughs> right. your journalism major by trying to figure out what the heck uh, President-elect Trump is doing at all times. Right. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing with psychology yet. Um, I had extra time. They told me at the end of last semester, they said, you know, your senior year is going to be empty. Go find something else to major in. And so it was it was nice being able to pick something that I was interested in and not have to worry about what that end career goal is going to be. Awesome. Colin, that's all the time we have to speak with you this evening, uh, but we are absolutely excited about having you here on the show. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, getting from class to here wasn't too <laughs> difficult today. Yeah, it was a little bit of a uh, hustle. And luckily it wasn't raining or snowing or sleeting or anything in between, so you could get over here. Um, how about you take us to our sure. first music break here, okay? Okay. Tonight's first music break introduction comes from the Huffington Post Queer Voices. Singer-songwriter Brandon Stansel is kicking off 2017 by dropping a new music video. The Los Angeles-based California country performer is haunted by an unrelinquished love and never know, which is the follow-up to his 2016 single, Slow Down. Directed by Trent Atkinson, the video shows Stansel sulking in a bathtub and tossing in bed, tormented by memories of a hunky love interest. Things may or may not end up on an upbeat note, however, depending on your interpretation of the video's ambiguous conclusion. Stancil, who originally hails from Tennessee, teamed up with Nashville-based musicians DJ Shuff and Eric Halbig for the mid-tempo ballad, which he wrote, From my vantage point of wanting to explore a new relationship. That romance was short-lived, driving Stancil to write even more. I didn't get the guy, he told the Huffington Post, but I got a great song out of it. Never Know is the second track from Stansel's three-song Slow Down EP, which was released in September. Next, he'll collaborate with Atkinson once more for a video for EP's third and final song, Spare Change, which he described as a direct response to the fear me members of the LGBT community and the majority of the country are feeling in the wake of Donald Trump's election victory in November. So many of us were trying to look so many of us were looking around trying to figure out what we could do in the wake of the election results and producing this video is going to be one of my very first steps he said Stansel plans to head back to the studio to record his full first full-length album slated for release in the fall He's also written material for another EP Hometown in which he'll specifically address his struggles coming out as gay while growing up in Tennessee Turning those deeply personal memories into music, he said, was a bigger challenge than he expected. I had a tumultuous coming out, and if sharing my story can save one person from having to go through what I went through, then that is something I am passionate about pursuing, he told HuffPost. 
Now, more than ever, I think younger members of the LGBT community, especially those in the South, need to know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Here is Brandon Stansel with Never Know. You just listened to Brandon Stanzel's latest release, Never Know, here on Blooming Out on WFHB. Last week, we reintroduced you to our newest segment, 
Trans Spotlight. Tonight, Grace Thumpster returns with her second edition of this ongoing segment. Welcome back to another installment of Trans Spotlight. As always, Trans Spotlight is a program where we take a few minutes to focus on the good and celebrate trans folks and the wonderful things they're doing in the world. First off, National Geographic is showing its support for the community with two new pieces. An edition of the magazine circa late December titled The Gender Revolution, which features a nine-year-old trans girl on the cover, and a two-hour two documentary of the same name hosted by Katie Couric, which will air on February 6th on the organization's television network. Avery Jackson, the cover girl, so to speak, gets to share her story among many others from the U.S. to Sierra Leone, and, as is usual for the publication, the scientific explanations surrounding gender identity are examined by leaders in the field. The issue will also delve into the wide spectrum of gender, the dissolution of the binary, and how gender roles have shaped history and continue to change. The outlet has made a point to focus on the experience of the transgender youth community throughout the world, which offers a more candid, unfiltered look at the inner workings of identity. The documentary will be mainly based in interviews with trans children, their parents, intersex individuals, and activists. Some good news from the East Coast, Transhaven LA is a new support organization in Cali that le lends support to the homeless trans youth and adults who are in need of resources like coats and toiletries and housing. The group connects individuals to those willing to offer temporary housing and safe realtors for those without legal name and gender changes. Finally, with the uncertain future of transgender rights in America, especially at a time when many social issues are left to the state's discretion, the American Civil Liberties Union has vowed to defend the trans community and the rights necessary for a safe environment in all aspects of life. They, the ACLU, via an article written by transgender staff attorney Chase Strangio, has affirmed that it will be present in court and wherever else it is needed to defend and protect in the upcoming political tumult. Thank you for listening once again, and stay tuned for more good news and positive vibes from the trans community. Support for WFHB and Blooming Out comes from The Back Door, downtown Bloomington's queerest bar, dance club, and venue. From live bands and DJs to drag shows and karaoke, there's something for everyone every day of the week. The Back Door is located at 207 South College in the alley behind Atlas Bar, and more information can be found on their Facebook or online at bckdoor.com. Blooming Out is also... Uh, sponsored and supported by the Coraline Men's Chorus, Bloomington's premier chorus for gay, bi, and trans men and their allies. More information can be found at coraline.org. We are back in the studio here um, and with at uh, on Blooming Out, and we are speaking with Cindy Stone, who is currently on the IU GLBT Alumni Association Board of Directors. And Cindy is, uh, as we say in parentheses, retiring lecturer. We were going to say a lecture, but retiring lecturer, right, in IU's Kelly Indeed. School of Business. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. When I wrote the script earlier on, Cindy, <laughs> I put retiring because I know how excited you are. I am. <laughs> so. I am. I've been on the campus since the 70s. So oh. this is uh, um, time to uh, hang up the mouse and, and uh, <laughs> stop being a geek and try to become a fledgling artist. Now, have you been teaching K-201 for since the 70s? <laughs> Fortunately, no, although the course has been on the books for that long and then some. But uh, no, I had a career as a secretary while I was in grad school 
school and uh, worked as an administrator, and gradually that turned into part-time teaching. And for the last decade, I've been a full-time lecturer in the business school. Cindy, what are you looking forward to about retirement here soon? Well, I'm very privileged to have my my uh, my my wife, and she and I are going to enjoy just some downtime, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, uh, being able to be a little more free and not be responsible for the day-to-day tasks of work and college students and uh, and we have elder care of course and many people our ages are working on those tasks but we're grateful for that and, and hopefully I'll be able to put more time into being a ceramic artist something that's a goal of mine. You know one one other last thing about this and then we'll, we'll move on but uh, you were this is this is a long, long career at IU, including a stint as trustee of Indiana University. That's correct. Pretty impressive, Cindy Stone. Well, thank Pretty you, Ryan. impressive. Well, I've just one of these people that's worn a lot of hats. Um, <laughs> you know, I've been an undergraduate student, grad student, uh, clerical, uh, administrator, and and trustee, and that was one of the. Uh, most wonderful opportunities to give back to my alma mater and to uh, travel around the state and meet with faculty, staff, and students and figure out what they needed on their campuses and, and how to move the the campus and their goals forward. And, and I was privileged to do it in the 90s for three years. And uh, it's like being back in grad school, though, but um, it was a great experience. I loved it. Met a lot of wonderful people. Speaking of giving back, you are now a board member, and you have been for off and on for quite a few years of uh, I use GLBT Alumni Association. That's correct. Um, tell us a little bit about the association and your affiliation. How did you get involved in that sort of thing? Well, after I finished my trusteeship, I was uh, working as an administrator on campus, and several of my colleagues and uh, in the GLBT community said, you know, we really need to try to get a constituent group formed from uh, the viewpoint of the alumni association and, uh, and meeting the needs of alumni. And it's a little harder with the GLBT community because you know, it's not like everyone tells us that they're gay before they graduate and some people are mm-hmm. gay only until graduation I've been told and so you know it's, I'd like to it, hear more about that later <laughs> anyway um, in uh, 20 years ago we uh, f- were lucky enough to uh, put forth an, a case to uh, create the group Jeff McKinney was president I was the vice president of the inaugural group and um, we have now had 20 years of success and uh, working to better the lives of alumni who identify as GLBT or our allies Quick question for you, um, kind of about your your teaching. Um, do you are, obviously some some teachers are perfectly fine saying that uh, he, my wife is so and so, and do you keep that all out of your out of your teaching gig, or if somebody asks, or are, are you open an open book? I think uh, well, first of all, I've been out since the early '90s. Goodness, I've I've uh, identified you know myself as a, as, a, as a gay person well before that, back in the late '70s and, and '80s. But um, I I've had students come right up to me and say, I saw this um, article in Bloom magazine about the the queer community in Bloomington, and there was your picture. Are you gay? And absolutely. So I think. It's a non-issue. I'm there to help them master their skills at Access and Excel and apply technology skills to the world of business. But if it comes up, great. And for most college students, being gay is a non-issue. It's, it's their friends. They have friends. They have um, lots of colleagues. And they're going to work in, in the environment and the world that is totally more welcoming than it was for my generation when I was graduating from college. And looking back at your nearly 40 years of service to the university, 
Did you ever have any problems with either uh, university administration, students, or any other faculty uh, over the course of those years uh, while being out? Well, um, I, as many people who know me, um, there was a, a time in my life that I had been with my late partner for 20 years, and, and she died in 1995, and um, we had some challenges. Um, obviously, um, the university didn't have partner benefits at that time, and so uh, when when Donna died, um, she uh, passed in, in the early 90s, well, mid-90s, and uh, I was given two hours for the funeral of a friend. That was the official policy of the university at that time. And so fortunately, I worked for much wiser, caring, compassionate supervisors, and they said, take all the vacation time you need. Mm -hmm. But it's so much better now for um, the, the, the gay alumni, I'm sorry, the gay faculty and staff and students on the campus, because now there's all sorts of protections in place, and uh, the world is, is far different than it was 20-some years ago. There certainly are. And, and you have the, you know, distinguished honor, I, I would say, of receiving things like the the um, recipient of the an annual Diversity and Spirit Award for mentoring and advising students in 2012. How how did that make you feel? Well, you know, I'm I'm uh, an out person, and certainly, and I feel like I'm uh, the GLBTs, one of the you know biggest cheerleaders that I can be to uh, support what we're trying to do to help, particularly at-risk kids at IU stay in school if they have any struggles or challenges. Um, we're raising money, we're doing programming, and uh, we partner with um, the alumni association, and certainly with Doug Waters' office on campus to make sure anything that they need that we're there to help them identify those resources. So I'll tell you what, Cindy was one of the first people that, that I remember ever meeting, uh, and the first thing she did was give me a big hug. That was the <laughs> very first thing she did Nice when we met for the first You're time. I remember mine. it. And uh, I, I, she is the most welcoming person that you will ever meet and well-deserving of that, that award mm -hmm. specifically. That's wonderful. Cindy, we're going to move into to speaking a bit about the, the GLBT Alumni Association now. It's in its 20th season, as you mentioned. That's right. Um, as you mentioned, uh, Jeff McKinney got it, uh, got every, the ball rolling That's back right. uh, in 2007, or mm -hmm. sorry, 1997. <laughs> Let's do correct math here. Mm -hmm. I don't have Excel in front of me to do the math for me, Cindy. Um, but uh, back in 1997, 1996, in that area, uh, they, they decided that a, the, the Alumni Association needed a group. Now it is one of the most, if not the most, active memberships of all the affiliate groups in the Indiana University Alumni Association. It is. We have had tremendous um, uh, reception by alumni from around the globe, particularly um, in, in the U.S., and we have raised a lot of money. We have, for scholarships, we have worked hard at programming. We are very um, strong at the um, publications and newsletters. We have a fearless leader, past president, Mike Shoemate, who lives out on the West Coast. Mike is, uh, in fact, helped to spearhead these banners that were going mm -hmm. up uh, all around mm -hmm. Dunmeadow and between Indiana Ave and the Fountain. We'll have these GLBT 20-year um, um, uh, celebration of the banners going up. But Mike spearheads the newsletter um, that we get. It's an e-newsletter every month. And so, um, and Tim Lempers, our president right now, 
and um, he's a colleague of mine in Kelly, and I'm very blessed to be surrounded by super talented, smart people. And uh, the board does a great job of a lot of different events and programming, and uh, we're delighted to see it going forward. So tell us a little bit about the Alumni Association itself, the GLBT Alumni Association, and why is it important to our community? Well, first of all, to join the GLBT Alumni Association, you don't have to be gay. You don't even have to have an IU degree, although both help. Mm -hmm. We simply want to identify people that wish to be supportive of our work. They care about what we're doing to reach out to um, GLBT plus uh, alumni. And so we have many events that uh, can and do include our straight allies. And uh, we are uh, right now working on several of those, and um, we're up, up to close to 2,000 members. Um, it doesn't cost anything to join the GLBT Alumni Association, although our dues-paying uh, alumni membership has a fee, but they provide financial support for us to make the group flourish, and we hope that people that can do join both, but you don't have to join both of those organizations. You can join the IOAA, or you can just join the GLBT Alumni Group, or hopefully Hopefully both. I'm lucky enough to be uh, both a former board member of the, the Alumni Association and its first intern working on very important projects, which include the very first homecoming. So mm -hmm. uh, that homecoming celebration, I remember being very little, and I remember helping put that together with Rob DeClean and Rachel McAfee uh, and getting that really getting, getting up and going. Um, we are really excited to be talking about that here in just a few moments. Uh, but what else is new at the GLBTAA? Well, uh, wow, we, um, we've really tried to take our social media out uh, to the forefront. Um, we've tried to have a more active presence there. Our e-newsletter um, goes out very widely. Um, we've had that running for a couple of years now. And prior to that, we had a paper version. So we've certainly gone from fiber to cyber, so to speak. And um, we think we're, we're getting the word out better. And our membership is growing. And uh, the, but the biggest thing is the opportunities to raise money for scholars. We have a scholarship endowment that um, has been identified as solely to help college students stay in school. As you well and uh, maybe aware that kids that uh, come out to the parents when Thanksgiving rolls along past the potatoes and by the way I'm gay on Thanksgiving you know vacations sometimes have struggle getting their funding to from their family to stay at the levels they need and perhaps they might frown or discourage or, or whatever and so we want to make sure we're doing what college students need to do and that is take away the financial worries and keep them on their studies and keep them in school and so this scholarship endowment campaign has been very successful, launched several years ago, again spearheaded by the board and Mike Shoemate in particular when he was the president of the group. And uh, goodness, we have somewhere, I think, close to, what, half, three quarters of a million dollars in pledges, and we have a substantial amount of cash on hand that can help kids that come forward if they're at risk or they're in crisis, emergency, scholarships, whatever. Um, we try to uh, be there for them and, and find out what's needed. Cindy, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that just a little bit more here in just a little while, uh, especially as we talk about what's going on with these homecoming celebrations and how the GLBT Alumni Association funds these event, events, uh, or the scholarships, rather. Um, right after, Jeff takes us to our, our next music break. Right. Well, our um, music break this evening has an intro 
from uh, which which music break are you referring to? Ryan? Sonicbids.com. That's the one I thought, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it has an, an intro from Sonicbids.com and out, both um, featuring this. And the story is it's led by guitarist, singer, songwriter Leah Wellbaum. Brooklyn's Slothrust is a rock band of musicians from the jazz blues tradition who sound nothing like jazz musicians playing rock. Beneath the know-how, their aesthetic is punk. How perfect, right? Slothrust's musicianship sneaks up on you because the first thing that grabs you is how insanely catchy the songs are. Then you realize that it all comes down to the fact that they play fearlessly and full of tenacity. Rock and Roll, Slothrest has done several national and local tours performing at a variety of uh, uh, colleges, venues, and um, do-it-yourself spaces across the country. I think this past record has more space for interpretation and for questions, says the indie band's queer-identified singer and guitarist, Leah Wellbaum. We are three people who really love to make music, and we love to perform, and we want all of our shows to be safe spaces and to be inclusive, says Wellbaum. We want to interact with the world in a positive way. So here is Slothrust with Like a Child Hiding Behind Your Tombstone. Drink seltzer, smoke weed, and you can't sleep. Think about shooting birds. Everyone has got a violent streak. I think my face looks like glass. But my body feels plastic Melt me into a bottle I wish that I was a baby Sucking on myself Boogie down to the water I thought that maybe I could be the lake's daughter Because I Like a child hiding behind your tombstone, but the graveyard's not lonely. Plus, who doesn't love a good cemetery?
are filling with plankton But the lake is not lonely No need for you to come with me You just listened to Slothrust's newest piece, Like a Child Hiding Behind Your Tombstone, here on Blooming Out on WFHB. We're back here in the studio with Cindy Stone, a current, but not for long, lecturer in the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University, a former IU trustee, and most importantly for tonight's show, a member of IU's GLVT Alumni Association. Cindy, we are, are still looking forward to some great events this coming uh, month. We have a lot to do this month, don't we? It's exciting time to be in Bloomington as a gay person or an ally. Let's first talk about something that's a pet project of yours, um, and it's the fourth annual? That's right. Fourth annual Pride Night at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, and uh, tickets are really on sale tonight, tomorrow. That's right. We're excited that uh, the IU Athletics Department um, wanted to partner with the uh, uh, GLBT alumni group and uh, help strengthen and support uh, all the target audiences and communities. And there's been a long time following, I think, in the particularly in the women's community to follow uh, women's sports. And uh, I mean, a few times I've been to the NCAA Final Four, the women's Final Four. I tell you, I just am in awe of all the wonderful sights that I see. I'll say no more. I don't want to get in trouble over dinner tonight. But it's wonderful. Amy, hope for <laughs> Anyway, um, next uh, Thursday night, the uh, Purdue uh, Boilermakers are coming to IU Bloomington to uh, Simon Scott Assembly Hall. And this is the women's IU basketball team, and we want to make sure we come away with a win. And so uh, our group is um, going to be hosting a special Pride Night event. We'll have the Hudsucker Posse performing at halftime. We will have, I believe, um, some of the students' groups singing the national anthem, and we will have um, a dinner event prior to that. Coach Morin, that coach of the women's team, will speak. We will have um, an alumni group of the Bloomington Feminist Chorus, a longtime lesbian and ally uh, women's chorus back in the day in the 90s and early aughts. And so we're coming back together one more time to about 15 or so singers directed by by Rebecca Keith, and we're excited about that. And uh, we will have a, a dinner and all. And so if people would like to um, uh, attend, uh, they should email Davis K. This is my colleague, Kim Davis, K at indiana.edu. Uh, we're tr- really trying to get a food count in the next 24 hours for catering purposes. Uh, cost is $20. That includes your game ticket, all the entertainment. That includes a catered dinner, um, a, a neat event in the new Spirit of 76 private private hospitality suites overlooking the uh, south end of Assembly Hall. And so we're pretty excited about that. We've got 65 people already signed up for it, and we can use a few more. Yeah, come and have fun. I, re- I remember going to uh, the first event. That was that was a neat time with then uh, Coach Miller, and uh, it's continued on uh, with Coach Morin. So uh, we're happy that it's back yet again for the fourth year. Uh, IU Athletics has been a proud supporter of the GLBT Alumni Association in a lot of things. Uh, we've tried a pride football game at one point in time. Uh, we've, we've done uh, a few other things, but this seems to be what works. Well, it does. We uh, certainly uh, have found it um, something that we can either promote the 
activities like the Pride Film Fest at our basketball event or vice versa. We've been able to use the Pride Film Fest to say a February ball game is coming up and this is a neat opportunity. We've got um, folks coming down from Indianapolis. We've got folks from all around South Central Indiana. And so we're pretty excited. It'll be a, a really nice, neat event next Thursday night starting at 6.30 p.m. And people do need to register. And so contact Kim or you can find it on the uh, GLBT alumni Facebook page. Well, I wonder if, um, uh, Cindy, if that's why um, IU is consistently named one of the top 30 LGBTQ-friendly universities in the nation, right? Well, it, I, I think we do a good job, and I speak, when I say we, I mean all of my friends, my colleagues, our allies, we do a good job. Much of that has, has, is cheer that needs to be directed towards people like Doug Botter. Doug came and, and helped create the very first um, student support center on the campus, but it's really put out the welcome mat, the front door, so to speak, for folks who want to come in and ask questions, get resource, get emergency help, or just find out what's going on. And so we're really uh, very blessed that folks have recognized that this community in 2001 had domestic partner benefits long before the Supreme Court changed its ruling. So, um, and people, you know, have been able to protect their loved ones, their families, their partners. And uh, this is a great college town and, and a university that cares about equality. And no one should really care whose hand you hold when you walk down the street. And in Bloomington, folks don't. <laughs> I don't like to overstate the obvious, but Cindy, you've had your hand in quite a bit. Uh, and and it's you know this a lot of this has a lot to do with you and what you've done so uh, and and I'm gushing because I love you so much and I enjoy uh, talking to you and seeing you on this campus and I and I appreciate what you've uh, done for everybody here so um, you know we've got such big festivities in the month of of, of January here in Bloomington. Uh, you've got the homecoming, you've got the Pride event, you've got the film festival, which is in conjunction with homecoming. Just so many fun activities uh, that's right here in our that are right here in our community. What is your favorite? part of it all. Well, of course, I'm very excited about the Bloomington Pride Film Festival, but uh, in tandem with that, we will have two key uh, uh, GLBT alumni events. Um, the Friday night of the Film Festival weekend, we're gathering, I think, around 4.30 over at the Neil Marshall uh, Center on campus to recognize people who have been true leaders and visionaries, and uh, we're very excited to be recognizing uh, Mike Shoemate for all all that he has done. And so there'll be a free reception and free hors d'oeuvres, munchies, opportunities to come and join. Um, and there'll be um, soft drinks, beer, wine. Uh, I think there might be a little cash bar for the for the drinks, but otherwise it's an excellent event. I believe that's at 4.30. People can go over to Neil Marshall and then still get over to the first films at seven o'clock. On Saturday, they have a second follow-up event and that's happening at Grazzi's. Again, mm. I believe it's a around the same time, around 4, 4.30. And uh, that one, there is a price because you get uh, a drink ticket and you get some wonderful, wonderful uh, foodstuffs from Grazzi's. They've been very generous with us. And uh, silent auction, art, all sorts of uh, cool things that will people can bid on. And so, um, again, that event wraps up before the films start at 7 that night. And actually, um, Cindy, I just kind of cheated and checked your the, the uh, website, and it does say that the cost is $20 per person, which includes a glass of wine at Grazi. There you go. 
Excellent. So um, tell us what goes into the Grazia event. There's a silent auction, correct? That's right. Uh, every year there's a, a, a great number of uh, uh, items to bid on. Uh, mm -hmm. And items are always being accepted for donation, FYI, for those of you who are listening and who would like to throw some stuff into this auction. But what does that money go towards? Well, um, Byron Craig is our chair of the auction, silent auction committee, and he's joined by Jason Sprinkle and Nicholas Moore and others, and they've worked very hard to gather um, new or gently used art, um, uh, anything, tickets, gift certificates, hotel stays, whatever. And uh, we've raised several thousand dollars with really low um, um, cost to produce the event. And with that, um, we've been able to have money that helps support the scholarship fund and helps our programming um, initiatives. Now, Cindy, can you are you able to talk about the other event that I think is or or uh, um, exhibit? I guess you would call it um, the Legacy Wall. I'm that one. I'm more on the fringe on. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping that you've done a little bit of advanced uh, just, research. Just a little. But I hear it's going to be quite exciting. <laughs> yeah, they've announced the exhibit of the Legacy Wall at the Indiana University uh, Bloomington in the East Lounge of the Indiana Memorial Union, beginning with an opening reception at 7 p.m. on Monday, January 23rd. But the exhibit runs through the 4th of February, and it is totally open to the public. It looks amazing. The Legacy Wall is a one-of-a-kind traveling double-sided exhibit created by The Legacy Project, a nonprofit uh, corporation to raise awareness of the roles of LGBT people have played in shared human history. It looks amazing. I'm excited to see that. I'm sure my wife and I will stop by and, and, and have a chance to really uh, enjoy seeing all that that has to, to offer. Uh, one of the great aspects, again, of the GLBT Alumni Association is its ability to bring people together. Uh, how many people are we estimating that will be here this year? Well, um, we have about 65 signed up already for the basketball event next Thursday night. We're hoping to get closer to 100 by uh, by uh, this weekend. For the Pride event, we often have, goodness, uh, well over 100, 150 people packed into Grazis. Um, and people come and go. It's an open reception thing, but uh, they can bid on the items. There's fun, chances to meet uh, folks of all ages. We have a good turnout from um, our grad students, and um, many um, younger students come, and certainly the alumni. And so we've had good turnout. I'm, I'm sure the Grazi event will have well over 100. And uh, the same with the event at the Neil Marshall, a little bit quieter, more subdued event, but um, a chance to recognize people that have given so much to the queer community. Uh, speaking of which, in, in past years there has been a Sunday event. Is there no longer a Sunday event? Um, I believe that um, we have had a breakfast, and I just urge people to check out their January um, e-newsletter from the GLBT alumni group, and um, and I'd be happy to take questions if you want to contact me, uh, Stone C at indiana.edu, or Davis K, my colleague Kim Davis, and um, we will be happy to find that out for folks. But I believe we have our board meeting on Saturday, and all are welcome to attend. That's at the Alumni Center, I believe, Saturday morning around 10. And um, we have had some Sunday breakfast events and so forth. But sometimes after the Saturday night Pride Film Festival and the dance and people boogieing their shoes off, sometimes they might want to sleep in a little bit longer on those Sunday <laughs> mornings, I hear. Yeah. Um, a kind of question that, that and then we'll, we'll go 
one last time into tickets and everything, but uh, let's speak a little bit about what what is going on over at the uh, GLBT Student Support, formerly the GLBT Student Support Service Office. It is now known as the LGBTQ Plus Culture Center. Uh, it, it is in a long-standing uh, line of lining up with other cultural centers throughout the university, and and now um, IU has instead of a student support service office, a culture center. Well, I think we want the message to be clear that we are for all. We are for everyone. No matter, we know that sex and gender are not binary things. They are not limited to just those two things. And so we want to make sure that that um, front door is clearly uh, um, noted as a place to come for anybody who falls under the umbrella of queer folks. Uh, and so Doug's office and uh, has changed the name just recently, and there's been press releases out, I believe, earlier this week announcing that. And uh, it's pretty exciting times. But we want to make sure everyone feels that they have a place that they can go for their support. Any uh any prospects of changing the Alumni Association group's name? Well, that's very much something we know we'll need to discuss and uh, and taking that forward. Um, the change for the office um, on 705 East 7th just happened really just three days ago. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. very new. And uh, our alumni board uh, will be meeting uh, at the Pride Film Festival weekend and uh, several other times this year. And I know that we'll want to uh, take our cues from the advisory board for the office and make sure that the alumni is equally reflecting uh, the same message and the same goals. And I, I suspect that, that, that a change will come down the road. Absolutely. And as that change comes, uh, we're looking forward to seeing more out of the uh, GLBT Alumni Association out of IU. Uh, one, t- one more time, tell us all the events again. We've got uh, the Pride Night at Simon Scott Assembly Hall next Thursday night. Thursday night. 19th show up at assembly hall 6 30 and uh, check in the south lobby if you have a faculty staff or student id you can get a free ticket in the lobby save us a few dollars of our budget and uh but if you don't no problem um the 20 dollars covers a game ticket if you need one and um we'd be delighted to have folks there um on friday the 27th uh, the the near marshall um uh, event on campus is um, a free reception for folks bring a few dollars if you'd like like a glass of wine or some spirited craft beverages. and um, But that will be a free reception on the 27th. I believe the time is 4.30 for that. And on Saturday the 28th uh, is the Grazia event. And that too is uh, sponsored by the GLBT alumni as part of our homecoming weekend and allowing people plenty of time to go to the Pride Film Festival, which runs Thursday the 26th through Sunday the 29th. Fantastic, wow. Cindy. <laughs> you got it all memorized, don't you? That's pretty impressive. So many things happening. It's exciting times. (laughs) That is all the time we have for tonight's show, but we are looking forward to all of the great events. Uh, IU's GLBT Alumni Association has coming up this month, and congratulations on your 20th year of existence. What a special time here in Bloomington. To round out tonight's show, it's time for your weekly LGBTQ plus area event calendar. It's January, and you know what that means. It's Pride Time in Bloomington. Kick off the festivities with the IUGLBT Alumni Association's 4th Annual Pride Day at Simon Scott Assembly Hall for the IU women's basketball game against Purdue on January 19th. We're still going to stress this tonight for you all because we won't be advertising it next week. It'll be too late. Uh, Meet IU women's basketball coach Terry Morin 
during a pregame buffet at the Spirit of 76 Club Suite in the south end of Assembly Hall. Following dinner, a brief musical program will be presented by our own women's pride group. The doors will open at 6.30 p.m. for the buffet, and the program will start at 7 p.m. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. All participants can join us in the new private seating area for viewing the game. The cost is $20, which includes the meal, door prize, and game ticket. Advanced registrations are required by tomorrow, January 12th. You may register by sending a check payable to the IU Alumni Association for payment, along with the number and names of attendees to Clarence Boone, IU Alumni Association, 1000 East 17th Street, Bloomington, Indiana, 47408. Clarence can also be reached at Boone, B-O-O-N-E-C, at indiana.edu. And all are welcome. You do not need to be a member of the GLBTAA. For questions, please contact Kim Davis at davis, D-A-V-I-S-K, at indiana.edu. The 2017 Bloomington Pride Film Festival will be held on January 26th to the 28th at the Buskirk Chumley Theater. The Pride Film Festival celebrates LGBTQ plus lives and experiences through short and feature comedy, drama, animated, and documentary films. Topics will range from fledgling same-sex relationships and gender identity to intersexuality and activism. Learn more at bloomingtonpride.org slash film. In conjunction with the Pride Film Festival, the IU GLBT Alumni Association will hold their ninth celebration weekend. The main event is the silent auction on Saturday, January 28th at Grazia Italiano, starting at 4.30. Uh, They would be grateful for any items that you would be willing to donate, any artwork, jewelry, clothing, collectibles, crafts, tickets uh, to cultural or sporting events, gift certificates, dinners, tours, and especially IU-related items especially uh, items such as framed campesines, memorabilia, sweatshirts, basketball tickets, etc. If, if, if you have any of that, please contact Clarence Boone once again at boonc at indiana.edu or Mike Shoemate at mikedshoemate at gmail.com. You can make reservations through the IU Alum- Alumni Association website. On Tuesday, February 7th, join the PRISM Youth Community at the Unitarian Universalist Church from 6.30 to 8 p.m. for LGBTQ plus representation in the media. Join us as youth from PRISM lead an interactive discussion about LGBTQ plus representation in movies, TV shows, and books. The event is open to the public. You may find more information on Facebook. Well, that is all the time we have for this evening. We'd like to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you're interested in volunteering here at WFHB or our show, contact volunteer at wfhb.org. You can also call us at 812-323-1200, tweet us at WFHB, visit our Blooming Out Facebook page, or find us on Instagram. The executive producer of Blooming Out is Joe Crawford. The producer is Ryan Shaddy. The associate producer and board engineer is Sarah Hetrick. Our segment producer is Grace Thumser, and we are welcoming to the show our newest co-host, Colin Shashberger. Uh, finally, our theme music is an original composition produced for Blooming Out by Aaron Gage. For Blooming Out and Jeff Pulling, I'm Ryan Shaddy. A friendly reminder that our show now begins a half hour earlier here on WFHB. Please tune in again next Thursday at 5.30 p.m., 
and visit us online at bloomingout.com. Thank you for joining us on Blooming Out. Be sure to find us online for past episodes, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and more at bloomingout.com. And don't forget to tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. for Blooming Out on WFHB.